2: You see him on
3: television. You follow him on social media.
4: And
2: you can listen to him talk about life and retirement right here, right now.
3: He is Pat Struby. and this is Save Your Retirement, presented by Preservation Specialists.
1: We talk about the value of planning for your retirement all year long, but we hope even more people are tuned into that message right now because October is Financial Planning Month, and Long-Term Care Planning Month, and Pat is here to talk about the fundamentals of both of those things. Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rezac, happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists and the author of the books Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret, and Pat, Financial Planning Month is going to be our topic today, but first, let me welcome you back. I hope all is great with you and your family and the girls.
0: We are good. Thank you. Yeah, this is an exciting time of year, of course, and um, we all love the summer, but uh, it is nice to have a break from the yeah. really hot weather, um, so enjoying time outside. We have the Halloween decorations out, uh, so yes. that's pretty much all the girls care about. I guess I shouldn't say that. they. We have all of that out. Now Janelle has the fall stuff inside,
3: Oh, and okay.
0: for some reason, Gabby and Nyla, who are six and seven, are are mildly obsessed with like all the different Variations of pumpkins. Sure. that she has like fake pump, you know, uh-huh, decorative pumpkins. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So there's, there's some, you know, family arguments about, hey, who, t- <laughs> who took my pumpkin? And, and, you know, Janelle's wondering why she bought them for decorations when they end up disappearing they're under just the girls' beds. Them. And, uh-huh, yeah. So right. it's, it's a lot of excitement around this Druby house Those right now.
1: Girls and their pumpkins, they're just built for fall. <laughs> well, yeah. now, and I assume with your Halloween decorations, you guys don't get too spooky, too scary. There's got to be, you know, just a fun amount of scare, but not too much, right?
0: We don't, although I will say this. Um, I so, so, Okay, so we have, we have a friend that's three houses down, and they are- the Halloween Obsessed oh, And no. they have like You can't see the grass anymore Kind of thing Where there's like A thousand things outside <laughs> And so we love Going over there And the girls would be Really little we try to explain Everything's pretend You know that kind of a thing this But he would fine. have like You know he'll bring out The chainsaw Oh dear And like he has a full size Coffin he'll hide in And like do, he's Do you like,
1: have to sign a waiver Before you You should
0: You <laughs> <through> should <laughs> So But well, we, we haven't Tormented the girls Too badly yet He knows how to dial <laughs> it up For the teenagers And dial it down For the little kids But right. one year We were talking to him Like the day after Halloween He says Hey I just decided I can't store this stuff anymore. Come over and take whatever you want. We were like, seriously? Oh, wow. So we have a bunch of like the tombstones and like, so we do have like skeletons and stuff right. like that. Um, but we were thinking like, oh, he's not going to do it anymore. No, he just wanted to buy all new stuff. <laughs> so... <laughs>
1: He just had to uh, yeah. purge some of it. So That's his yard
0: good. is spectacular, and we just get we get his leftover. We're, we're like, you know, his goodwill donations. You we know, get all that it, stuff. It's, so it's pretty, it's a pretty good deal.
1: It's kind of like having the, your neighbors have a boat, and you just get to enjoy it, but you don't yeah. have to have too too much of trying to the, deal with the maintenance and all those well, things. I well, I think,
0: you know, a, a better parallel is he got tired of his old boat, and he just gave it to us. Yes. That's what it would be.
1: <laughs> there you um, go.
0: So, but, yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's the perks of having a, a generous neighbor. For
1: yeah. Sure. Yes, absolutely. Well, you got to get it just right. My 20-year-old, actually, I bought a couple little, like, Skull coffee mugs from Target. Mm. Not a big deal. And my 20-year-old is like, these are creepy. I don't oh. want them. She just wow. wants the one with the spider webs on it. So, okay. you know, it's not for everybody. We just, you know, it's not for everybody. You just to each his own with yeah. the Halloween decorations. but. Well, Pat, as I said a few moments ago to open this up, not only do we think about Halloween in October, but financial planning month. Now for you, every month is is financial planning
0: <laughs> That's like month. I was thinking, yeah. But
1: but it is observed officially in October. So talk about why this is such an important concept, this idea of financial planning month, especially for people who are getting close to retirement.
0: Yeah, and, and it's funny, Jen, because I'm thinking not only is every month financial planning month for me, but that's that's my life, you know, that's yeah, what it's always yeah. been. And it took me a long time to realize how weird I am in and <laughs> how much I enjoy that. You know, I enjoy doing financial planning and really kind of fascinated by it. To me, the reason it's such an important concept, it really goes back to this amazing country that we have. There's obviously we're not perfect. And one of the areas that is a huge challenge is financial education. And um, I am sure 99.9% of uh, our clients and probably of our listeners uh, of the show agree that they wish there was more education about that. You know, if you could have more real life training Mm -hmm. uh, in high school, and I would say even in college, you know, I think those areas of, uh, there's just not a lot of explanation of how do mortgages work how do you you know how do you make those payments what's you know explaining car insurance and homeowners insurance and 401k's and all those kinds of things so to me financial planning is of so much value just because we're all out there on our own And um, most people, the vast majority of the education they get is from their parents. And of course, depending on your parents' background, that may or may not be very helpful. And I'll say, you know, Jen, even, you know, I went to, uh, I graduated from Purdue University, which had an outstanding business school. And my courses were in business and economics and in accounting and in finances. And the classes I took in college didn't really help me Handle my finances. You know what I mean. It was more mm, theoretical mm-hmm, of right. you know how do you invest in the stock market and things like that. So that's where to me that's it's an important area, and um, you don't have to be rich to benefit from financial planning because there's so many aspects to it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Talk a little bit about Pat when when we're talking about specifically people preparing for retirement because again. Financial planning month, I mean, financial planning's for everybody, but when we're talking about retirement age people specifically, what are the areas that those retirement plans, those financial plans for retirement need to include?
0: Yeah, so, uh, and that's a very good distinction, Jen, uh, because, you know, the vast majority of our clients are doing retirement planning, and, you know, almost all of them are within maybe five or 10 years of retirement. Sometimes people like to get started a little earlier. In general financial planning, you know, if you're 25 or 35, there's a lot of things that you can do that'd be beneficial, but it's a little different than our expertise. So we always say there's five areas of a comprehensive retirement plan, and probably each of them has different levels of importance to each of our clients. That's why we talk about how we're custom building them uh, for the areas that are most important to them. But for most people, the first three are the most important. Almost everyone needs an income plan because that's going to really, of course, help you actually retire (laughs) because you have to know where the income is going to come from. Um, tied very closely to that is your tax plan, uh, because we need to know how much you're going to be able to keep out of that plan. And if we can do some planning to help take more control over your income and taxes in retirement, we think there's a number of ways where we can reduce your taxes in retirement, which is very exciting. For most of us, we're not going to be able to retire on just social security or a pension. So that's where wealth management, where investment planning uh, becomes so important. My first book, Save Your Retirement, was on retirement financial planning. My second book, The Retirement Secret, is really all about investing, uh, specifically as you're preparing to and as you get into retirement. And then the last two uh, are ones that are probably not as fun for most people to talk about, but they're just as important. And that is kind of your healthcare long-term care plan, um, dealing with you know private health insurance, Medicare, nursing care, those types of things. And then finally, we have your estate or your legacy. And I always like to make the point, some people say, hey, whenever I'm gone, I don't really care what's left over. They're thinking about you know kids or something like that. But if you're married, we want that estate plan to also include protecting your spouse. And for most people, that's, of course, maybe the most important priority of all. Um, now, certainly, if you don't have uh, plans for any of those areas, that's one of the reasons we'd encourage you to give us a call and talk with one of our retirement planners. The number is 803-9-RETIRE. We offer that first review at absolutely no cost and no obligation. gives you a chance to see where you stand and if you're on the right track. That number, again, is 803 803- nine retire.
1: Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists and I am Jen Rizak alongside. And as we talk a little bit about this idea of financial planning month, October being financial planning month, October is also long-term care planning month. And that is one of those pieces of that income strategy, that retirement strategy. So Pat, when we talk a little bit about shifting to long-term care planning month, who should be thinking about this?
0: Well, first, Jen, you're mentioning both of these planning months. And so apparently we're not supposed to be just talking about our lawn decorations for Halloween this month, right? There's there's other (laughs) things to talk about. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, so I think long-term care, uh, of course, is basically, you know, kind of going over the basics. You know, if you are near retirement or in retirement and disabled rather than when you're younger being disability insurance this is you know a different type of coverage that most of us need to have some type of planning for and the reason is is because it's generally speaking most of these expenses are not covered by health insurance or by medicare so that's just a, it's a gap in protection and of course as we're living longer and longer the odds of all of us needing some type of long-term care uh, somewhere along the way keep going up higher and higher so who should be thinking about it i think there's a couple of different areas certainly if you're already retired I'd want to be thinking about if something happened to me, or if you're married, if something happened to your spouse, how are you going to pay those bills? Um, do you have any type of coverage other than just having to spend down your nest egg? And then the second part would be if you are, you know, say within. Even ten to fifteen years of retirement. And the reason I'd mention that too is that's actually two parts. You're maybe starting to think about it for yourself, but maybe if you if your parents are still alive, you may be thinking about it there. You know, that's kind of that sandwich generation. And a lot of our clients who hire us in their fifties or early sixties, they're they're in that situation where they're helping care for their parents, but maybe they still have kids that are not, you know, financially independent on their own as well. So I think there's a wide gap there of those of us that are, say, uh, you know, my age, late 40s, well into retirement age, Jen, where mm-hmm. there's risk there. Yeah. Uh, there's risk of a significant expense. And it's funny because most of us don't ever want to think about being sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what actually helps for a lot of people is if you're married is actually thinking about, OK, we need to protect your spouse. What do we need to do to make sure that that's taken care of? And so those are the types of things we want to make sure we're, we're protecting people from.
1: Talk a little bit about how your process helps clients bring all these different pieces together from concerns such as long-term care to some of those other challenges that we talk about, things like taxes and investment risk and, and creating income in retirement.
0: Yeah, well, I think another timely example, Jen, would be instead of talking about those five different areas, just if we can narrow it down to two and and just like a football game, it's offense and defense. And, of course, all of us love offense. You know, the long touchdown passes in a football game and, and the analogy here would be, you know, investing your money and trying to get a great rate of return or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but defense of course is just as important. And so that means protecting your investments from loss. Uh, it means protecting you from large out-of-pocket expenses for healthcare and long-term care, protecting your spouse and your loved ones. Uh, if someone is, you know, gets sick or passes away, all of those areas are ways that we want to help protect you as well. And so all of that comes together when we do our five-step retirement review, Uh, which we offer to our listeners at no cost and no obligation. To get started, you call 803-9-RETIRE. Once again, that number is 803-9-RETIRE.
1: Talking today with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. That number one more time, 803-9-RETIRE. More insights from Pat coming up next on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. We'll be back.
2: Hi, this is John Farley. For the past 12 years, you've seen me on TV. But before becoming a meteorologist, my first degree was actually in finance. My parents, like a lot of people, didn't know much about the financial world. As a result, they got exploited by some not-so-honest folks. That's why finance has always been a passion of mine. And for the last six years, I've been working with a team at Preservation Specialists to help people just like you plan for your retirement. What I love about Preservation Specialists is that we are locally owned and fiercely independent. That means we simply work for you. If that's what you want in a financial advisor, then give us a call now at 803-9-RETIRE. That's 803-9-RETIRE. Don't make the same mistakes my parents did. Work with an advisor who can help get you to and through retirement successfully. 803-9-RETIRE
4: firm offers insurance services. Investment advisory services offered through Kalos Capital, Inc. Have
3: a question for Pat? Here's an easy new way to ask. Click on the radio tab at retirewithpat.com and record your question directly on the website. That's retirewithpat.com and click on radio.
1: Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak. happy to be here with Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. He is the author of the books Save Your Retirement and The Retirement Secret. And Pat, in 2020, more than half of all Americans were covered by some type of life insurance. So a good number of people see that as a useful tool to help protect their families and their loved ones. But you know, the question do I need life insurance isn't really what we're talking about today, Pat. It's not really do I need life insurance, but rather, do I need life insurance for my retirement? It's a, a little bit of a different question there.
0: It is, Jen, I think probably um, this goes along with a second question of, you know, hey, I have a mortgage and I have these savings. Should I pay it off? as probably the two most common, you know, just kind of general finance questions that we get. Should I pay off my mortgage? And then why do I even need life insurance anymore? What do I do with this old policy? What, what are my options? You know, anything in that realm. I think both of those are things that so many of us have to deal with as we're kind of transitioning from the younger days of, you know, having maybe having a young family and a big mortgage to as you're getting closer to retirement. Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, it is just a little bit of a different stage of life, obviously, for retirement. And not necessarily that the tools are bad in retirement that you used earlier in life, but things might be a little bit different. You might need to use them in a different way. Pat, you kind of know the questions to ask yourself when you're younger, if you are trying to figure out if you need life insurance, right? If you have kids, if you have debt, if you have people to take care of, you probably need it. But for retirement, what are some key questions you need to ask yourself to try to determine if you need this in your retirement years?
0: Yeah, so there could definitely be some reasons, Jen, that someone would want to keep life insurance policies in retirement. Um, And it may be that you have a life insurance policy that is set up perfectly to continue into retirement, or it may be something where uh, it was structured poorly or it's outdated and maybe there's a reason to change it in some way or replace it. Um, or maybe it doesn't make sense to keep it at all, and so it's really good to get guidance from a planner on those types of options. Uh, but there's a number of different things that we want to look at in in this type of scenario. So the, the first one that we would uh, mention is: Do you do you still have a lot of debt? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have um, some clients where their one of their biggest priorities is to be debt free by the time that they retire. But we have other clients that carry a mortgage into retirement, and they're fine with that. You know, so sure. so there's there's of course pros and cons to doing that. Um, but that's we always talk about our plans being custom built so we don't say that there's only it's a one size fits all but if you are carrying a lot of debt in retirement then that is certainly a reason you may still want to have life insurance, you know, a death benefit for you. When you think about most of us, the first time we're really thinking about life insurance is maybe uh, when you are becoming an adult, maybe getting married, maybe having kids, and then maybe you have a mortgage. Well, for most of us at that point, you have the most at risk because you want to protect your loved ones, but you also probably don't have a lot of savings and investments. So you're kind of in that world of having lots of debt and very little assets. Well, as you're approaching retirement, hopefully that is now in the reverse, right? So you have maybe a lot less debt or maybe you're debt free and now you have this nest egg. Um, So that's one of the things we wanna be looking at. What is that comparison of how much you owe to others versus your assets? And then the second question is, what is the financial situation for your loved ones Mm -hmm. and uh, what do you wanna accomplish with that? And so some examples would be um, if you are single versus if you're married, um, that's probably going to be a large driver on whether you still want to keep a life insurance policy on you. How about if you have kids? Um, how financially stable are they right now? Uh, would you want to have something to pass on to them? You know, there's all different kinds of scenarios. Maybe maybe a charity, a church or charity you'd like to provide for. But I would say, Jen, by far and away, the number one reason that we have people that are keeping some type of coverage is because uh, they want to protect their spouse. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times you have one person that has coverage on them, and then we have to consider how these surviving spouses' income would be affected, whether that has to do with pension benefits or Social Security benefits or a nest egg lasting their whole lifetime. Those are the kinds of things that we want to look at as the first and primary reasons to be looking at life insurance in retirement.
1: So just some things that we want to be thinking about. Again, recognizing that retirement is a different stage of your life and you might still need to use some of those tools like life insurance that you used in your earlier years, but we just have a, a little bit of a different approach and some different questions that we need to be able to answer here as it relates to life insurance during your retirement years. Now, Pat, here's the other thing. A lot of people who are retiring, they probably already have something in place, right? For you know, people who had kids and, and things in their earlier years, they probably already have something in place. So what should they be thinking about if they already have life insurance and trying to determine if it makes sense to keep their current policies?
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right, Jen. I think when you are thinking about your life insurance coverage um, as you go into and through retirement, the first thing we want to look at is essentially do an audit of what you have right now. So, what kind of current coverage do you have? What type of policies do you have? A lot of times, people have their primary or only life insurance is through work. And of course, we need to know well, when you retire, does that go away or do you have options with that coverage? And of course, it's different for every employer. So, that takes some research. The two main types of policies are term coverage, which means you only have that temporarily, or a permanent policy, which could be like whole life, or universal life, or indexed universal life. So there's a lot of different kinds, and of course each of those has different costs and different benefits. So what we'd want to do really is we just want to know what do you have, because that's the first step to figuring out if that's going to be helpful for you in retirement, and that's one of those areas uh, we call it a five step retirement review. That's an opportunity to sit down with one of our planners and really take a comprehensive look of the different areas of your finance. One of those areas is your your current insurance and taking kind of doing an audit of that and taking a look at what you have. If you'd like to take advantage of that, there's no cost and no obligation for listeners of our show. All you have to do is call 803-9-RETIRE. Once again, to do a five-step retirement review, including an insurance audit, call us now at 803-9-RETIRE
1: talking today again with Pat Struby. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists, and we're going through some of the questions to think about to determine about your life insurance needs in your retirement. Pat, are there any other questions or any other factors that we ought to be thinking about as it relates to possibly having life insurance for our retirement years?
0: Yeah, Jen, one of the things that we believe is Maybe one of the biggest concerns that someone who's getting ready to retire should have, although it's not talked about day to day, and that is taxes. Ah. And so, you know, we've had uh, best selling author uh, David McKnight on the show before. Uh, we've had him come speak in person to our clients a little while back. And uh, what David McKnight talks about is the fact that our government spending uh, and printing of money has just created just a completely uncontrollable debt as a country. And experts all agree that basically the only way they're gonna be able to solve that problem eventually is to raise taxes. Well, that brings to mind the fact that most of us are told throughout our lifetimes to defer our taxes on our retirement, Mm -hmm. you know, our retirement savings. So that's our traditional IRAs and our 401Ks. So when we start talking about that with our clients, you can kind of see the light bulb go off to say, wait a second, that's not a good situation. I'm deferring all my taxes and now we're expecting taxes to go up. So what what do we do with that? And how does that tie in with life insurance? Well, um, there's really two things that we can do to help protect you from taxes in retirement and David Midnight talks about this in his best-selling book The Power is Zero which we talked with him about on the show. The first way is to start switching to Roth IRA. So that can be done by Roth conversions of your traditional IRA or 401k. Really, there's only one other option. And that is by a intentionally and specifically structured life insurance policy. He calls it a LIRP or an LIRP, life insurance income program. And basically the idea there is you're trying to keep the cost of insurance as low as absolutely possible and you're trying to increase the value of it as much as possible, what that can do is that can allow you to draw money out without taxes being taken for income in retirement. The other thing is if it's structured properly, we may be able to use the uh, life insurance policy to draw money out for nursing care. Um, so, it's really kind of an interesting strategy, and it allows for some tax-advantaged and uh, beneficial uh, planning for, for people in retirement, especially those that are concerned about taxes.
1: There are just so many options for helping protect your retirement savings for yourself and protecting your loved ones in the future. Life insurance, pad is one of those options. I guess what we're saying here, you don't want to make any assumptions with your current coverage and what it could do for you in the future, right?
0: That is absolutely right. And with so much at stake, doesn't it make sense to get a second opinion to make sure your strategy is sound? Without a solid plan, you run the risk of missing opportunities to maximize your savings, uh, walking away from tens of thousands of dollars or more in Social Security benefits over your lifetime, overpaying taxes in retirement, and potentially leaving your family in a lurch financially. There are already so many threats to your financial savings out there. Healthcare costs, long-term care, taxes, the rising cost of inflation, stock market risk, and don't add your own financial mistakes to the list. For listeners of today's show, if you've saved at least $250,000 for retirement, call 803-9-RETIRE and we'll give you a second opinion on your retirement income strategy to help you make sure your retirement savings last as long as you need it to last. Without a solid strategy, you could run the risk of running out of money in retirement and you don't want to make an assumption that your current life insurance coverage and other policies will take care of your loved ones if something happens to you. There's absolutely no cost and no obligation, but it's only for listeners of our show at 803-9-RETIRE. Get your second opinion today. That's 803-9-RETIRE.
1: IULs. What does that even mean? Is it something that I need in retirement? Pat will explain what IULs are, how they work, and if they make sense for you, that's coming up next on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby.
3: You've heard Pat on radio. Now you can see him on television. Tune in Sunday mornings during the 7 o'clock news on WIS-TV, Columbia's NBC Channel 10.
2: out more about Pat and the team at Preservation Specialists, visit online anytime at retirewithpat.com. That's retirewithpat.com.
1: Thanks for joining us today. This is Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak. Happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. And today we're talking about key questions you need to ask yourself to try to determine if you still need life insurance in your retirement years. So, Pat, what we're learning today is that because your financial needs are different in retirement, so are your insurance needs.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right, Jen. And I would I would take it one step further that when we're talking about life insurance and what you need, it changes dramatically as kind of the seasons of your life change. You know, In, in my book, The Retirement Secret, I talk about the three stages of investing that most of us go through. The, the first stage is when we're just very far away from retirement. And for most of us, that's when we need the most life insurance because when we're just getting started saving, a lot of times we have a lot of debt because we have a big mortgage and maybe we have young kids and, and maybe we have a spouse to protect. So there's a lot of reasons to have a large death benefit at that time. So that's the first stage. The third stage is when you're already retired. And of course, that's a very different scenario. Um, And then the second stage, we call it kind of the transition between the first and the last stage. So we're all going through these different stages of life. And so what type of insurance we need is affected dramatically by what stage we're in. So that's kind of the first answer I would give. But the second piece is where we always come back to at Preservation Specialists, which is we believe So strongly that there should never be any type of boilerplate planning done. Um, There is no one-size-fits-all in retirement planning, and everyone's situation is different. So your life insurance needs could be completely different from your next-door neighbors, from your cousins, um, from your barbers, or Mm -hmm. any of those types of things. So we really want to look at your situation, not only what your needs are, but what you're trying to accomplish. And then we want to try and custom-build your plan, and that includes how you might use life insurance insurance. In retirement.
1: So Pat, one of the life insurance options that we hear a lot about, especially when we talk about retirement, is indexed universal life or IULs. This is something I I do hear a lot about, but I, I still am not quite sure everything about it. So let's talk a little bit about what this is and how this works.
0: Yeah, so we've got a little bit of time to dig into the nuts and bolts today, which we often don't have. So let me dig in a little bit here. When you think about any type of permanent life insurance – the first kind, the kind that's been around for a long, long time, is whole life insurance. Whole life insurance has a lot of guarantees, but generally is a much higher cost. Um, and so what happened is the life insurance industry has then developed some newer types of permanent insurance. So the next one that came about was universal life, and that became very popular in the 1980s uh, because it was based on interest rates, and interest rates were really high at that time. As interest rates started to drop, those policies weren't doing as well. So then the uh, insurance industry came up with a new idea, and that was variable universal life. Well, as you might imagine from the mm-hmm. name, that works kind of like dealing with mutual funds and dealing with the stock market. And Jen, I started in January 3rd of 1997, right during the bull market mm-hmm. of the 90s. And boy, did they think variable universal life was the greatest thing since sliced <laughs> <the> bread. <laughs> so, uh, and very, my very first day of financial planning training, they were saying, you need to get a variable universal life for yourself. And so, uh, and that can, by the way, that can work very well. However, it has problems because it has a lot of risk to it. If the stock market crashes, uh, most experts would say, say variable universal life can be appealing or attractive uh, earlier in life, but as you get later in life, there can be a lot of... with that. So then the newest thing that came about after the stock market crash uh, in 2000, 2001 was um, this next thing that you've brought up is index universal life or IUL. And um, this came about because of the um, stock market crash in 2000 and 2001. And uh, we really look at it as kind of like mashing together or like hybrid of those last two types in the sense that you have Kind of a set guaranteed amount that you're going to earn, like the universal life uh, from the 80s, but you have some upside to it, kind of like the variable universal life. And so it kind of works a little bit in between. And then so now there's a lot of different ways it can be used. um, And that's where it comes back to your individual situation. But basically, um, you have a life insurance policy, it's intended, generally, it falls under the category of permanent life insurance, you have some upside tied to the markets, quite often, it's the S&P 500, but it doesn't have to be. And then you have some underlying protection or guarantees as far as what you're going to earn each year. And of course, how we would use that depends highly on your personal situation and what you're trying to accomplish. But that kind of gives you the nuts and bolts of some of the basics of this Indexed Universal Life or IUL. So I'm really glad we have the chance to really dig into these topics today. A lot of times we can only scratch the surface, but this gives you an example of just how complicated some of these areas can be when we're planning for your retirement when you think about all the different areas that go into retirement planning, not only are we just talking about life insurance right now we're just talking about one specific kind of life insurance this gives you an idea why we think there's so much value in comprehensive planning for retirement because when you're working with a comprehensive planner you can really dig into all the pros and cons of each of these areas um, and have them help you figure out what makes the most sense for you how do you do that? It's very easy. The first step is a five, what we call a five-step retirement review that goes into the five different primary areas of planning for your retirement. At our office, there is no cost and no obligation for listeners of our show. All you have to do to take that first step is call us at 803-9-RETIRE. Once again, to talk with one of our retirement planners at no cost and no obligation, it's 803-9-RETIRE.
1: Talking today with Pat Struby, He is the founder of preservation specialists, retirewithpat.com is the website if you'd like to learn a little bit more. Pat is walking us through what IULs, Index Universal Life, what those policies are, how they work, Let's talk a little bit about the pros and cons of an IUL policy. Pat, we all know before we make any financial decision, we need to weigh the pros and the cons to help us make an informed decision. So walk us through what we need to know about the the plus side and the downside of an IUL.
0: Yeah. And Jen, I, I like how you worded that as far as having pros and cons. Uh, we always talk about there is no such thing as a perfect investment. And I can extend that to say there's no such thing as a perfect insurance policy. There's no such thing as a perfect anything <laughs> having yeah. to do with personal finance. And so um, anytime, you know, someone tells you, oh, annuities are terrible because of this or life insurance is horrible because of that or mutual funds are bad or stock market or anything like that, The true answer is that there is some pro or con uh, to all of those things. What we want to try and do is figure out what makes the most sense for you. So when we talk about the pros of indexed universal life, certainly uh, the first thing that comes to mind is that you have a higher return potential than a lot of fixed um, types of offerings. So certainly, the first pro would be that it has a higher return potential um, than most um, fixed or safe types of investments that might be earning 1% or 2 or 3%. Now, this isn't going to earn 30 or 40% of the stock market is skyrocketing, but it does have the opportunity to average more than a CD or a money market. And you know, in any given year, it could make 10% or more. So that gives you some nice upside. One of the things, another pro is, one of the things the insurance industry likes about anything that has universal in the name is generally it's designed for greater flexibility. That could be flexibility of how you contribute money to it. That could be flexibility in how you take money out of it. There's a number of different areas where that could be beneficial. One of the things that we like about uh, index universal life insurance is that it essentially works around most of the uh, rules that have regulatory impact. And so what we mean by that is it doesn't affect your social security or how your social security is taxed. Um, It doesn't affect your tax return. Um, It doesn't affect your 401k or IRA or Roth IRA contributions or conversions. It's all kept outside of that. And we think as our government debt is going higher and higher, that's a very appealing and attractive option. Um, The other thing, of course, is like any life insurance that has a death benefit. What we like when we're dealing with life insurance with people that are at retirement age or close to it is there are a number of life insurance companies that will allow you to accelerate or start drawing down your death benefit if you need it for nursing care. So that is a really appealing option because a lot of people don't know what to do about protecting themselves from nursing care. The last pro that I would add on an uh, indexed universal life insurance policy comes back to bestselling author David McKnight, where this is his recommended vehicle when you are trying to use life insurance and trying to generate some tax advantages. You can grow a index universal life insurance without any taxation on the growth, and then there are ways to draw off of that policy tax-free. You can do that here and there if you wanna use it to buy a car or something like that. But what we use it for a lot of times is to defer and then try to draw monthly tax-free income off it later on in life um, so that that kind of gives you the list of some of the most important pros for index universal life now the cons or as we like to call them the strings that are attached mm-hmm. uh, because like i said there's nothing perfect so we always want to know okay what are we giving up with this type of account of course the first thing is there's always going to be some kind of limit on your returns as i mentioned during the pros um the, if the market's up 30 percent, this will not be up 30 percent. so most of them have a limit uh, a maximum on the upside, uh, the second thing is the way the guarantees work in the policy. Um, generally speaking, um, it's going to depend on how old you are because of the insurance charges. So it may be that you actually, in a in a low earning year, um, you do have some types of guarantees, but it may not actually grow any in that year. Another string that's attached are the fees and costs can be very confusing. So it's important if you're considering a policy like this that you're talking with your planner and understanding those. One of the biggest ones when we're using these types of policies is we wanna make sure That you understand that generally speaking we're making contributions to this type of policy but we want to let that sit and defer. Um, David McKnight often talks about having a five or a ten year deferral from when you start it to when you want to try and start drawing money out of it. So it's not something meant for certainly for instant gratification. What's really designed to do is help you take money from a taxable or tax-deferred situation and move it to somewhere where it can be taken out tax-free down the road. So we think there, there can be tremendous benefits to that but you do have to wait to take advantage of those benefits. That's one of the most important things I think to consider uh, when considering these types of policies.
2: So
1: as you're thinking about all this, how much should you save for retirement? Where should you save it? How can you make sure it will last after you leave your job for good? What do I need in terms of insurance? Those are some of the questions you probably have, Pat, if you're getting close to retirement.
0: Yes, saving is a good start, a really good start. If you're listening to me right now and you don't have a retirement income strategy, we invite you to call so we can help you create a spending plan to figure out how much you'll need for the retirement you've been dreaming about. Uncover the main risks posing a threat to your retirement, including inflation, market volatility, potential tax increases, and skyrocketing healthcare costs. Learn about the options for generating income in retirement and learn about how to keep your current standard of living in retirement even as costs keep rising more and more. There is no cost and no obligation to do this analysis, but it's just for listeners of today's show who have saved at least $250,000 for retirement. Call 803-9-RETIRE and ask for your retirement income analysis. The things we talk about, the strategies we use are designed to help you make sure the money won't run out no matter how long you live in retirement. We aren't doing this to make you rich, we want to make sure you don't end up outliving your retirement savings. That number again is 803-9-RETIRE.
1: We have more coming up on Save Your Retirement, but now it's time for today's Medicare Minute with author and Medicare expert, Tim Hanbury.
4: People get confused about the home health care benefit under Medicare. Medicare does cover home health care. However, Medicare will only cover part-time or intermittent skilled nursing care. This means you may be able to get a home health aid and skilled nursing services provided if it's less than eight hours a day and fewer than 28 hours each week. Other covered services at home include physical, occupational, and speech therapy services, medical supplies, and durable medical equipment. All services will be coordinated by a Medicare-certified home health agency that services your area. If you have an Advantage plan, they may require you work with an agency they contract with. Most times, people call me looking for solutions for services that Medicare considers custodial and are not covered. Things like help with bathing, dressing, walking, using a bathroom, or preparing meals. There are short-term home health care insurance plans that can help offset the cost of custodial care and are reasonable in cost. While these plans can be helpful, they are not a substitute for long-term care planning. Please make sure this is part of the discussion with your financial planner.
1: Visit Tim's website, MedicareBlueprint.com, to download a free copy of his book. Or if you would like to talk with Tim, call 803-9-RETIRE to schedule a consultation.
2: You can schedule a free 15-minute phone consultation with the team at Preservation Specialists right now. Call 803-973-8473. That's 803-9-RETIRE.
1: Thanks for joining us today on Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. I am Jen Rizak. Happy to be here alongside Pat. He is the founder of Preservation Specialists. And in this part of the show, we're going to talk about a challenge that thousands of American families face each and every year. Nobody looks forward to helping our aging loved ones clean out their homes. This mm. is not something that I don't think anybody really looks forward to and Pat, we spoke with actually David Eckert, who is a retired sociology professor and he's the author of the book Downsizing. so I, I have a comment from him on this as we get started today okay
2: one of the consequences of keeping a nice household over time is that we keep putting things away and we put things away on top of the things we've put away on top of the things we put away so, One of the keys, if you want to thin out the amount of material that you're carrying around in your life, the key is getting things out.
1: We've got to get these things out. (laughs) And it's not a fun task, Pat, for a lot of people. Um, This is
0: real life too. And mm -hmm. and I can tell you very quickly, Jen, uh, my parents are still living and they moved maybe 10 years ago. And I was the muscle,
1: uh, which
0: was, yeah, not, not the best idea. But they did some tremendous downsizing. They lived in uh, the very southern part of Indiana. They lived outside of Louisville. Uh-huh. And I didn't know how big the house was. I'd visited many times. Uh, it actually had a full basement. And I would stay there with the kids, you know, when we'd stay. But I didn't know there was like a second half to the basement. Oh, no. So they they had done a bunch of Goodwill runs. They okay. they had like a stuff at auction. They threw a bunch of stuff out in the trash. And then they were like, oh, there's one more room. And they opened the door. and There's like oh. thousands of boxes. Oh, and I was no. like,
4: oh, my goodness.
0: What has happened? <laughs> so, yeah. so I've been through some of this in my life.
1: Yeah, it is tough. And so this is our topic, our top five list this week. To help our listeners keep on top of this, the things your kids do not not want to inherit from you top five things they don't want now we will get to some of the things that that we do want to be leaving in terms of those inheritance plans and that type of thing but number five on the list photo albums and Mm. because pat gosh they take up so much room you love the memories but who has space for all the photo albums right
0: yeah i actually um when I was younger of course that we didn't have digital cameras yet so I had lots of physical photos yes. and i I ended up finding a service where I could send them in and I got them back digitized nice. and um, and that's phenomenal to me because there's so many ways to display them now you know uh, digitally and things like that so that that's it's a great idea I mean people want like you said people want the memories. But especially when you have the old photos and they're like glued to the yes. you know, the plastic piece and all that kind of stuff, it's just Gosh. more stress than it is enjoyable.
1: Right. And having them organized is just so much more convenient than trying to be like, what year did we go to the Grand Canyon? Let's try <laughs> to find true. that photo. Oh, my goodness. It's such a pain. Um, here's number four on the list. <laughs> China and collectibles. Again, I don't even know, Pat, do they even make like a China hutch anymore if you go to a furniture <laughs> store? I don't even know that they make places to store that stuff anymore.
0: Isn't that something that like in the last generation has completely changed, right? right. Probably when you and I were young, that everyone had that. And uh, I will say my mom asked me years ago of what I was interested in in the house. And probably 80 to 90 percent of the china collectibles i wasn't interested in but there was always this set from her mom's side yeah and it was like the teacups the handle was like they were like little spotted snakes and i always oh. thought they were so cool when i was a kid so cute so now those are in my house now you have them
1: so well you'll know, have
0: to see if i get my kids interested there in. there you
1: go yeah you know, i actually have my dad's grandparents china is what I have because my parents were gifted that for their wedding china and they never really used it. And on mom and dad's 40th anniversary, we had a nice dinner for them and then, and we used their china. And then I said, mom, you never use this ever. I am just going to take it home with me now. And she's like, (laughs) okay, that's fine. So then, you know, (laughs) I didn't inherit it from her after she passed away, which would make me sad. She was still living when I was like, look, I'm using your china. So not everybody likes that stuff, but some of us like a little bit of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, and I think
0: it goes to the point of like just talking with your family about yeah. these things, right? Yeah, I, mean, that, that, I think that's really valuable.
1: Right? Yeah, that's another part of it because sometimes people get emotional and they get their feelings hurt. Why you might not want this thing, or or you might feel like you're being weird or greedy for wanting this thing, so just have those conversations i think is yeah. a big part of it number 3 clothes all mm. like all my mom has there's still pat three closets full of clothes because as oh when my brother my. and sister and i moved out mom just kept expanding into our closets <laughs> and it's still there we still have to go through it the clothes they don't really want the clothes.
0: Yeah. And that's like David Eckert said like, when you have a house, we're blessed with so much space these days. And it just, it, well, mm-hmm. if I don't have to make a decision, I'll just keep adding stuff and adding stuff. Right? And I mean, all of us can benefit from just kind of going and looking through stuff occasionally, right? And yeah. saying, oh, I haven't worn that for seven years. I probably don't need to save it. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Simple it's not
1: like coming that. back. It's not coming back. Don't <laughs> no. worry about it. Uh, number two on the list books. I don't have anyone in my family who are big book collectors, but I can imagine that being kind of a cumbersome thing to hand down if, if that's a thing in your family.
0: Yeah. So, my grandfather, um, he loved going to used bookstores and kind of hunting around. And so, I, I have kind of fond memories of doing that with him. And that's um, cool. I, do, yeah. I do. It was really cool. But the, the, one, the one thing we found out after he passed was he loved going to estate sales and he'd find, they usually sold the books by the box, and he'd find one book he wanted he would buy the oh, box uh-huh. and then he would take the book and read it and he would leave the box of books in his garage which was very large. Uh-oh. <laughs> so we had lots and lots of books to donate. Um uh-huh. <laughs> once we yeah. opened the door to the garage and saw what was in there. So yeah. Boy. It definitely wasn't uh, necessary to to keep those.
1: Yeah, and you know and there could be some that have some sort of monetary value or or some sort of sentimental value, but right, just the whole big collection not necessarily feasible as a something to hand down. Number one on our top five list of things that your kids do not want to inherit from you, and I think, Pat, you're really going to like this one, Mm. debt, not Ah. something we want to leave behind, (laughs) right? Nobody wants that.
0: Yeah, that's true. And it's, you know, regardless of what the laws are, what the rules are, you know, inheriting debt is stressful, too, because you have to determine, you know, what are the rules and who's responsible for it and how do you handle it, so... That's a big one. That's a big one to, you know, if you have debt, be thinking about, you know, how to clean that up, especially to make sure you're not leaving stress behind to your loved ones.
3: And
1: Pat, I mean, those are the things on my list, but I think you've probably come across other things also that maybe people assume their kids will want, but maybe that's, it's really not the thing to leave down to the next generation. I'm sure you've come across some other items as well.
0: Yeah, I think the two things I've learned in my 25 years is number one, I have found, you know, there's a generation, it's probably my grandparents, that really it was absolutely taboo to talk about money or assets or anything like that. And so it was kind of this mystery, you know, as that generation started to pass away, and you had to kind of comb through decades of statements and things, you know what I mean? You just didn't know what was there. I think the baby boomer generation is much more open to talking things out. And I think if you're comfortable with that. It can be very beneficial to just have a good conversation with your family about those types of things. You know, we've helped clients as they're finalizing their will or their trust with an attorney. And, uh, hey, let's talk about if there's something... Let's not just talk about your money. Let's talk about your stuff. If there's something, if you have a special memory about using something, some collectible with some grandchild, let's put it in there. Or if someone has told you, hey, this means a lot to me, the more you can document that stuff, the less you have to worry about there being arguments or hurt feelings in the future. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, the last thing I would add is my bonus topic for the top five list you have <laughs> of things they don't want to inherit. Yeah, This is an interesting one. But in most families, the kids don't want to inherit their parents' house. Um, And I I was just listening to an expert talk about that. They estimated 99% of kids. That might be a little bit high. You know, sometimes there's families where it's been passed down from generation to generation. So, you know, if you're living in the house, your kids grew up and maybe there's some sentimental value. But most of the time, number one, we're not all living within a few blocks of each other like we did a couple of generations ago, right? So people are spread out. So sure, they may yeah. have no use for a house in the city that you're living in. And the second thing is it could be really complicated if you have two or three siblings. You know, how are you going to work that out? Oh, right. Yeah. And then, of course, the third one is we all have our own homes already. So what are we going to do with this extra house? You right. know. <laughs> so it was just an interesting you know, as I was listening to it. I've, I've seen that and I've heard that. Sometimes the house is kind of an extra stressor to the kids as they're kind of dealing with, you know, how do we make sure it's we're getting the right value for it and those types of things. Um, so it's just an interesting point to uh, consider as you're thinking about your assets and, and what you'll be passing along.
1: Right. Absolutely. And and really, Pat, there are no wrong answers here for whatever it is that you're hoping to leave behind or or what the kids are or aren't wanting to inherit from you. But the only wrong answer is not having those conversations, not talking about these things, because whatever your wishes are, it's not going to happen if you don't have those conversations and get those plans in place. Right.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And you need to have conversations with your family about you know what your wishes are, what their wishes are, uh, if you pass away. And of course, the last thing you want to have is something that's just a, a verbal conversation. You know, the more formalized you can make it, the better. Um, at, at a bare minimum, you want to have a simple will. Um, it's going to talk about what your wishes are. You know, we're not attorneys, but it's our understanding. If you really want something to be absolutely sure that's going to happen the way you want it. That's where a trust uh, is probably going to be more beneficial. It's either difficult to contest a trust or maybe not even possible. That would be for an attorney to answer. But, you know, those legal things, it's not fun. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. uh, Janelle and I, uh, you know, I I, I feel guilty saying this. We did not get our will and trust done immediately when we got married. Uh, We've had it for a long time and we do review it periodically. Uh Uh, It's important to do both of those things. And don't let being guilty, if you're behind, don't let that stop you. Every financial planner, every attorney uh, has seen all kinds of situations where things are overdue or have they've been missed. That is not a problem. The most important thing is to address it and try and make sure uh, you've got things taken care of. And then the great thing about that is it, it kind of comes back to, Jen, our, our ultimate goal as a firm is to give people peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of having it done is it's peace of mind. You know it's done. You don't have to worry about it anymore.
1: So let's talk, Pat, a little bit about what that process is like if we'd like to get started. Again, some of these things aren't really fun to talk about, but it's really important when we're thinking about not only having our our wishes followed, but also, Pat, things like making sure that we understand what's going on with our income and how our assets are allocated. There's just a lot that you talk to people about.
0: Yeah, and for most of our clients, the estate plan is not their biggest priority. Uh, But what we want to do when we're doing everything else, when we're making sure they have the money to retire, that their funds are invested properly to support their retirement, part of that package is we also need to make sure everything is structured properly so that as much as possible is going to go wherever you want it to go. So if you're married, for most people, that's going to go support your surviving spouse uh, for whoever passes away first. And then if you have uh, married with children, Uh, A lot of that or all that's going to go to children. Maybe you have a church or charity that you want to support so we can help facilitate that. And the beauty of doing it proactively is there's ways you can do it where you can pay less taxes, where you can avoid probate fees. There's all kinds of things to make sure more of that money is going to the people or the organizations that you love. And, of course, that's what it's all about. So if you're not sure if you have all of that in place, that would be part of our five-step retirement review for listeners of the show, there's no cost and no obligation. The number's 803-9 Retire to get started. Once again, that number's 803-9Retire.
1: You've been listening to Save Your Retirement with Pat Struby. Remember that number, 803-9Retire. Be sure to tune in again next week for more insights from Pat, and we'll talk to you then. Have a great week.
3: Preservation Specialists is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of tools. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income are never referring to securities or investment products. Preservation Specialist is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice you should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. Preservation Specialist is not affiliated with the U.S. government or any governmental agency. Securities offered through Kalos Capital, Inc. Investment Advisory Services offered through Kalos Management, Inc., both at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia, 30005. Preservation Specialist is not an affiliate or a subsidiary of Kalos Capital, Inc. or Kalos Management, Inc.,